When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grind Season. This is Anthony Sane. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Grind Season podcast that you can hear on the free uh, Odyssey app and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. My co-host, Jason Smith, what's going on, my brother? Hey, ready for this all-star break and a nice little break. Hopefully, it's good for these Grizzlies. Good to win three or four going into the all-star break. Yeah, man, the Grizzlies winners of three of the last four games. Had a big win against the Utah Jazz. Not really sure what the Utah Jazz are doing. Uh, at first, we were thinking they're a team that was playing over their heads. They were like, well, they're going to blow this thing up at the break. Didn't make nearly as many um, uh, uh, talent uh, removing, <laughs> removing deals at the, at the deadline like people thought they might do. They did move Malik Beasley, of course, and uh, Jerry Vanderbilt. But outside of that, they didn't do it. There was a lot more things they could have done to deconstruct their roster that they didn't do. We will talk about the Grizzlies game against Utah. A win uh, wasn't the wasn't the prettiest win. Uh, had some very beautiful moments in it, but uh, it got kind of squirrely towards the end. We will talk about that. It will uh, pull out certain aspects of that game, uh, certain players that we'll will pull out and talk about that. Also today, um, Jason, we'll talk about before that game. John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. were recognized as being NBA All Stars, first time ever. Yes. That uh, Memphis Grizzlies players, two Memphis Grizzlies players, are all stars, and we're just gonna step back a little bit, Jason. We've been over the last few weeks. Uh, uh, we mainly me have been very uh, <laughs> emotional about this team. I think at times like this, you just want to step back when you, when you have two players this young that are all stars, and you just want to just kind of you know reel it back a little bit and just enjoy the small things. We'll talk about that in the second segment, celebrating our two young all stars. And we will wrap the show up talking about a surprise that could be coming. A very pleasant surprise that be coming for us all after the All-Star break. And that is what we anticipate anticipate to be the return of one Steven Adams to the Grizzlies lineup. We will talk about that and more today on podcast. Today on the uh, Grind Season podcast. Uh, but going back to the beginning of what we said we would talk about, we will talk about the Grizzlies uh, win against Utah last night. Uh, won by, I think, about six or seven points at the end. Got up by as many as 24 points. Utah team, like I said, not really sure what they're trying to do. Um, I like what they did. They're going to uh, – they've got a lot of young pieces on that team. I get the sweepstakes. I get all those things that are, that are going on. But having actual NBA talent at the end of the day matters a lot. So I do like – that they are uh, holding this thing together. Like I said, Wimbenyana is going to be a, trans- a transitional, uh, transcending superstar, mega talent in the NBA. Everyone believes that. But um, having actual talent on your team sometimes uh, is also a good thing. Um, this team still struggles to um, put teams away. Mm-hmm. We saw them, like you said, up 24 points against Utah. Utah, one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. They started warming up in the second half. The Grizzlies started letting go of the rope. Um, 
there are several things that, that happen. Uh, I have my thoughts about it, but I'm going to throw it to you first, Jason Smith. What are your thoughts on the game uh, last night? Well, yeah, I don't know when you guys are listening compared to when we record this, but last night when, when the Grizzlies beat Utah. I think, I think, you know, yeah, you're concerned about blowing a 24-point lead. It got down to one, and it took, you know, Jock closing it out there at the end. So you're concerned about this team's ability to close teams out. It's not putting its foot down um, earlier in games. You know, earlier this season, and and they've still been at statistically, but, you know, saying that they were knocking teams out in the third quarter, one of the highest-scoring third-quarter teams mm-hmm. in the league and weren't having to do this, and lately it's been tough to do so. So you saw a little bit of that, but but all that said – you know, kind of like you said, you sit back. You, this is only the third time in franchise history you've won 35 games before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing they did stabilize things a little bit in winning the three or four before the break, I think, or else I think the concern level's up. But if yep. you look at where they're at in the standings, what's left with 25 games, I think you got to feel pretty good, even with the blunt. Hey, 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 if Utah comes back and wins that game, saying maybe it's a little bit different feeling, uh, even though it's only a game. But but listen, if if you lose that one to Utah, you've lost the regular season series to them, uh, three to one. So and and of course you're a team that's hoping to contend. And so I think overall you're pleased that they were able to find a way to close it out. And it's it's what you touched on earlier. You're just hopeful that you know Stephen Adams is back very soon with this team after the All Star break because it they are it feels like you know they're down to 15th in offensive efficiency. It feels like it's just a crapshoot for them right now offensively in terms of. Yeah, finding any kind of consistency. So hopefully Steven Adams gets back quickly after the All-Star break, stabilizes that, and you can continue to build on here what you've done. Um, something that I definitely would like to kind of pull away from this game is that um, you saw Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark start this game together. Mm-hmm. You talked about how we didn't close well, and but we also know with this Grizzlies team, once when we when we can start early, we we can be those front runners. We can get an early lead. We play so much better when we kind of set that tone. And I think having Jaron and BC together, as opposed to Jaron and Tillman, you 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 saw some of that magic you saw from you know over the years. Whenever those Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark lineups are together, um, I think that probably had a very good effect on the game. Uh, those guys got going early and often. Brandon Clark was really good last night. There was a lot of good plays he made. Jaron had a phenomenal game as well, continuing to expand his game offensively. Uh, four blocks. I want to say he had five steals. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great game for Jaron altogether. I, I don't know what took Taylor Jenkins so long to put that line about there. Uh, we don't see Jaron and Santi a lot, but we're seeing that more. Uh, we we saw Tillman come off the bench instead of starting. I think that that would definitely uh, was something that had an impact on the game, getting those guys going early for sure. No, I'm with you. And, and listen, uh, Clark gives you 10 boards in that game. And with the way you've been getting beat up on the boards with Steven Adams out, you know, getting him in there to help you, you know, they they ended up losing, what, 61-46 on the glass. But getting him in there with double digits, Jaron with nine, is better than what Xavier Tillman had been doing of late. Right. Uh, I realized they were, you know, Tillman, they're trying to get put him in a screen set and roll, a la Steven Adams, all that. Yeah. But I think his last game was two rebounds, I want to say, against the Celtics. Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. And so Brandon gives you a little bit more there, even though you're you're obviously playing a little bit smaller with him. Uh, I like it better, saying I'm just in the same boat. Hopefully, though, these are not these are issues, you know, that you're not having to push forward with too long into the second half. 
and you get Steven Adams in there and Clark can go back to Clark and Tillman both can go back to, but Clark can particularly go back to his, you know, his more comfortable spot off that bench. Right. Uh, but it, again, if this, you know, Steven Adams, it's going to take a week or two after we're back, a different story. This is still a concern, but hopefully we're going to be able to put this to bed pretty, pretty quickly after Steven Adams is back. How concerned are you about uh, Dylan Brooks play as of late? Um, another game that was um, struggling from the three-point line for Dylan, of course. Played pretty well defensively, as he always does. How concerned mm-hmm. are you with Dylan's play? This stretch that just continues to go on a bad play with Dylan Brooks. I'm not as I'm not worried about it anymore. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna in this sense, saying it's gonna figure itself out. You know, he's got till the rest of the season now. You're past the trade deadline, so any kind of you know pressure like we talked about, maybe he was feeling that's that's lifted at least for the time being. Right. And listen, listen, you know the judgment's in for me for the regular season. I know he's struggling. It's what he's going to do in the playoffs, right? You know that I think I think is the important thing here. And okay, is he is he is he effective in a in a fourth role for you offensively in the playoffs? Can he even do that? We've seen him now in this role and has struggled with the fewer shots. I mean, let's just let's just be real. Earlier in this season, when there you know it wasn't one, two, three, Jod, Jaron, Bain all out there, there were still those opportunities for him. Now that they're all out there, you know he's dealing with. You know, a lot of times, what eight nine shots? I think uh, against uh, against uh, Utah it was a little more. Got up to twelve. Yeah. But my point is, he's getting less of the pie and being asked to be more efficient. He's struggled with it for now. You know, the, can it be better in the playoffs? We'll see. But saying I would lean towards, um, you know, I would. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would lean towards this team looking to make an upgrade at that position. Once the season is over, yeah. If you know that, that's I think that's where I'm at. That said, I don't think that you know, I don't think you're going to come to a final conclusion until after you've seen what, what whatever's going to happen in these playoffs. Yeah. I totally agree. Something that you definitely hit on is that I'm not really as concerned about Dylan's bad play because it's not really affecting the overall play of the team because he's not getting a lot of shots off. Like you said, he's right. not. He's 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 shooting low volume, so you know we we can kind of deal with the limited opportunities he's getting. That he's not making shots. Um, I kind of feel bad for him. I would love him to see him knock down a few more shots just for his own confidence. Uh, we're we're a very good team when Dylan is playing good basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, of course, you want to see him get going. It is unfortunate that he is uh, struggling the way that he is. Seems like for months. <laughs> it seems like the last game I saw Dylan really have a good game was that home game against Charlotte, where he was just hitting everything. And since then, I haven't really seen him do much too much of all at all offensively. But um, someone else who's struggling is Tyus Jones. Tyus oh. Jones uh, uh, is still on the team on this side of the trade deadline. I did throw out that he was a guy that I would not be surprised to see a sneaky uh, Tyus Jones trade. I'm willing to throw this out there. Um, no intel on this at all. But I'm sure that in the Grizzlies trade proposals to land an OG Ananobi, uh, Mikael Bridges type player. I'm sure Tyus Jones probably was included in some of those talks, especially to a team like Brooklyn, who probably could need you know a legit uh, point guard that can um, kind of right the ship for them. And a guy, who, if if you draft a guy this this summer, who's your point guard of the future? Tyus could serve the same role he does now. You know, being that because mm-hmm. when they when we got Tyus, we really thought he was going to have to be a guy. Well. This kid, John Moran, he's good, but he's probably going to struggle with the NBA game and court vision and 
basketball IQ with making smart, sound decisions. And John didn't have those struggles at all. So, you know, Tyus's role had to change. But uh, how concerned are you with Tyus Jones and his play uh, as of late? Especially, from, especially just scoring. Very. I, I just think you've come to depend on him so much. Uh, you, you make a great point about Dylan. It's not as much concern because it's less. But with Tyus still, particularly leading that second unit, being a big mm-hmm. part of that second unit, whether it's on the ball or off, like I, I think you would come to expect a certain level from him. And it's dropped off the map of late. Last I looked, he was, you know, it was 10% from three this month. I hadn't seen the update at the last couple of games, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, five points per game this month. I mean, it's just dropped off the face of the earth. And so uh, he is more critical, I think, just in the sense because, again, you use him in so many different ways with that second unit. So I, I'm concerned, saying because I t- because Kenny Chandler is not ready. And, and, and listen, I don't want to see – you know, I know Desmond Bain has shown that at times he can be a secondary playmaker behind Ja – uh, and that was looking good before uh, Bain, particularly pre-injury. But I don't want to have to depend on that in playoffs. You know, uh, uh, I'd rather depend on 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 Tyus as a secondary playmaker, especially with that second unit. So more, my concern level is higher when it comes to Tyus' struggles than than they are for uh, for Dylan Brooks right now. Well, uh, the final person we'll talk about in this uh, first segment of the podcast. Um, he's putting up historical numbers for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Jason Smith. He is shooting 50% from three over a recent stretch. And by recent, I mean very recent. We're talking about Luke Kennard in his first two games here at the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> he is three of six from three and um, averaging about 21, 22 uh, minutes a game, 21 and a half to be exact, minutes per game. Um, pretty much what he was playing for the Clippers, he was playing around you know, 19, 20 minutes per game. Um, to me, it seems like he's still kind of finding his way. There's a lot of people you you hear all the. Once you get a guy on your team, you start. It's it's a difference between when you're watching a guy and he's on another team, and then when you get him on your team, then you hear people kind of breaking his game down to more detail. I've heard several people talking about him, saying he's a guy who can kind of disappear on offense. You kind of forget he's on the court, uh, but when he gets going, you know he's amazing. I've heard that up and down the, the radio waves over the last um, week or so since we acquired him. I try not to overthink this type of stuff. He's a guy where if you hit him and he's open, it's a very good chance that shot's going in. You know what I mean? And uh, when he does miss, it's like, oh, man, like I wasn't expecting him to miss that shot. Um, I I think that in his first two games, I still think he has to get used to this team. This team has to get used to him, find where he wants to be. He's going to be a liability on defense, probably one of the worst defenders in the NBA. But that dude can flat out shoot the ball, man. He has a very effortless jump shot. It looks gorgeous when it goes in. It looks gorgeous when it misses. Um, I'm happy to, I'm happy that he's part of this team. I think that they can get him going. I want to see more minutes from him, though, man. Like, I don't know why we're playing him and John Conchar. Like, just give him all those minutes. Like, he's... He's still a young man. He can he can make it. You know, what I mean? it's like they're they're playing him. They're playing him and they're sitting him to put Conchar in. I know Jitty had a pretty good game last night, but let's see what we have in Luke Kennard. Let's give him a ton of minutes. Put him on the ball some. You know what I mean? I like to see more of that after the All Star break. Put him on the ball a little bit. Um, because if, if he's playing with uh, former Duke guys, well, Tyus Jones, I don't think their timelines and they weren't in the same backcourt, were they? Was uh, they, they the were, yeah, they were together. For real? At, at Duke. The championship Kennard team? 
I don't I don't know if Kennard was on the championship team, but I know they were together. There's a pit they they tweet out a picture of the two of them together at Duke in their mm-hmm. uniform. I they thought Tyrese was one and done though, right? Uh-huh. So he had yeah. to be on the championship team. Because Tyus won the championship with uh yeah. That team was loaded as hell, too, bro. Then Kennard was on that, then Kennard was on that team. That wasn't Grayson Allen, though, right? Mm, don't give me line, man. I don't know that whole dude team saying. <laughs> I don't know. Man, let Drew Drew pop in. Ask the white dude in the back. <laughs> let me see. No, I don't know. I don't know for real, though. I don't know. I want to say Kennard in. Because Grayson, because if Kennard played with Tyus Jones, I don't know. But anyway, Luke Kennard, I'm I'm happy to have him here. I'm happy to uh, see him take and make three-point shots. I think it'll be fine, man. I think it'll be fine for sure. Um, no real concerns with him. I think that he, once he gets, you know, a little bit more warmed up, a little bit more used to things, you know, we'll be able to see his uh, entire repertoire. Uh, you guys are, again, listening to the Grind Season Podcast with Anthony DeSane and Jason Smith. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are entering the All-Star break, and two very important players that are representing this city, representing this town, representing this team are John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, they were recognized before the game against Utah as All-Stars on this team. They had alternate jerseys on. I mean, uh, alternating jerseys on. Um, well, not on, but in their hands. That really sucks too, man. Then if it's every year where I'm like, they need to end this whole uh, – the two vote getters vote thing. It's a it's the year that both of my guys are in the all-star game. You know what I mean? So it's a very real chance that John and Jaron could be playing on separate teams. Um, both of us kind of threw out there that Jaron might be the last pick in the draft simply because he's not, you know, a very known offensive player. Um, I don't know. I hope, I hope he's not, but if he is, you know, whatever. Um, I think that times like this, kind of make you step back from all the noise, all the excitement, all the negativity, all the worry. And you say, this is just some amazing shit, man. You have two guys, 23 years old, NBA All-Stars. Your your guard is one of the best guards in the league. Your big is one of the best bigs in the league. He's an All-Star, defensive player of the year caliber guy. It's an amazing moment, man. And I was listening to uh, Jeff Calkins today with Chris Harrington. And they were talking about how with the Grizzlies being, I hate using the word um, ahead of schedule, but with them being a good team and being this young, it's like you constantly, you're reaching for the next thing. You're constantly looking for what's next. Okay, we've got this now. We're a good team. So the natural progression has to be, we're a great team this year, or we're a championship team this amount of time. Sometimes it's okay just to enjoy where you are. You know what I mean? This is a team, like you said, third time in franchise history, 35 wins before the All-Star break. You know what I mean? With all the turmoil they've gone through, they're still second in the West. I think that times like this truly need to be celebrated, man. We just need to take, take a step back and just soak this up. Before the all before the trades went down, we were the only team in the West that had two All Stars. That's major, man. You know what I mean? And they're both super young dudes. You, there's a long runway for this team because of those two young men, uh, the same guys that we saw eating 
uh, chicken fingers at in the summer league, you know, yeah. about four years ago. And Ja had a little bitty little twist in his a little afro with a little bitty little twist. And you know what I'm saying? And Jaron had the, the low haircut, like a little boy with small shoulders. And now they're, you know, they're they're fledging grown men in the NBA. You know what I mean? Um Ja has a shoe deal, Jaron's made albums, you know, fashion deals, all these type of things. They they're thriving players in the NBA now, man. And it's an exciting thing to see uh to those two guys on that big stage in the all-star game. Uh, it's, and especially, you know, Jaws a starter. Jaron was voted in as a reserve. He wasn't like injury replacement or anything like that. He was a legit all-star. You know what I mean? So exciting times for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Kennard was after Tyus. So he mm-hmm. Tyus yeah. on the 14, 15 championship team. So that picture of him in the locker room must've been on a visit or whatever it was, or Tyus visiting. Cause, cause Kennard came in after that and played with the guy you mentioned, Grayson Allen. Right. Uh, as Drew pointed out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were, you were, you were. I think you were right. I was wrong on that that they were together. Um, Kennard came right after. Back, back to the two uh, mm-hmm. you're talking about, Ja and Jaren. Yeah, I, I think what the most exciting part is you're not even. We, you realize as good as they are, you're not even close to what yeah. the product is going to be when these mm-hmm. guys are 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 really grown, grown men in this league. And I mean, I mean that in the best way possible. They're, they're men now, young men now. But I mean, in terms of when you put those veteran years on them, you know, when they've been through the wars and you think about where they're going to be at that point. And we're hopefully saying this two man game that we've been hoping would materialize and come together between those two. signs of it. Where, yes, it's seeing signs. Mm-hmm. Of, and, and that's better than nothing, better than what we've seen the last couple of years. And, and it excites me. And to think about where that could be in two, three years. Think about this. Like Jaron Jackson last night, you touched on his stats. He was great offensively in that game. Hits four threes five steals, four blocks, and as the Grizzlies uh, PR department uh, points out, no player in NBA history has ever had five, five, and five. He's he's one, three, and one block off five, five, and five yesterday. Just shows you how unique this guy is and how he's impacting the floor at an elite level now fairly consistently. I need to see it, though, saying from him in the big games, I need to see him mm-hmm. not – 20 something minutes against Boston. And in particular, the next the next step is to do it against Draymond Green and those older vets that you respect so much. You know, uh Draymond in particular has that that tendency to little brother him. And uh and and listen, that that's the great part about this is eventually you know that's coming. It's just like when Scotty Man and uh going to you know uh, going against the the Pistons back in the day, and you know, Rodman would push him around and Scotty had have the migraines, and eventually, man, eventually after going through all those wars, Scotty just became a man, and he pushed back. And I think that's what we're seeing Jaron Jackson sort mm-hmm. of do on a night-to-night basis, realize, man, I'm a freaking mismatch in this league. Nobody can stop me, really, at seven foot, 250 pounds. And uh, you're seeing the, the man come out. Uh, right. I can't wait till it's every night. But to your point, there's no need to fast-forward things or rush things. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, as young as they are, man, there's there's such a bright future ahead. And to have, you know, not just one guy like that, a guy who's going to win multiple defensive player of the years, but but two in the sense that it feels like you're just, you know, scratching the tip of the iceberg with Ja Moran as well, just like Jaron. You know, that feels like there's so much more with Ja. I really think Ja can be one of the, we talked about it, saying one of the steals leaders in the league. You know, yeah. I, when he's locked in defensively, I think he's got that ability with that wingspan and that quickness. So, there, there's a lot more for him, especially on that defensive end. But 
Yeah, man, it, it you're you're right. I'm glad I'm glad you you put this in there. It's you know we're, we're so stuck on Grizzlies being a contender and what they should do mm-hmm. to stay now with the rest of the pack. I don't know that we sit back enough and, and realize how fortunate we are. Right. In particular, to have these two. And, and and saying here's the other part about it. It really feels like three future all stars mm-hmm. perennially when you add Bane to the mix. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a year. You look at it like when Golden State was like cooking, cooking, like prime Golden State Warriors. When yeah. they had when it was gonna be Clay, Draymond, Steph yeah. every year in the All-Star game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we could be that team, man. It if can we, happen. We have that, yeah, we can have that very well, but we're like killing in the West, and those three guys are at the top of the league. And it's so it just sounded so wild for you to say um multiple defensive player of the year with Jaron Jackson Jr. I remember when Jaron Jackson Jr. was getting criticized by fans and national local media, whatever. And it was kind of like a joke, like, hey, you remember when Jaron Jackson Jr. was said to be a defensive stopper coming out of college and Everybody was kind of joking about that, and and mm-hmm. you know, no, none of his numbers support that he's a good defensive player at all. Actually, you know, what I mean, maybe he's just gonna be, yeah, yeah, maybe he's just gonna be a guy who can, you know, a, a big who shoots threes a lot and fouls, and that's it. And yeah. he's like you said, man, he's he he's totally transitioned his game. His uh, and he's not even in his final form, uh, so to speak. You 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 can see that he has room to grow. Ja has room to grow. And I think it's like you said, man. Those guys are going to be so scary in a few years when oh. when their age, time, and maturity just all get aligned because in their bodies get together, man. It's going to be some exciting times in the FedEx Forum for sure. <clears throat> you guys are again listening to the Grind Season on the Free Odyssey app with Anthony Sane and Jason Smith. Um, we appreciate you guys rocking with us on this uh, final show before the All Star break. Both of us probably looking at and sounding like we're ready to take our own all-star break as well. And that's cool. I think we need to give a shout-out to ourselves, man. We just gave, gave a shout-out to John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr. We, we're another dynamic duo, man. A little older, probably twice those dudes' age. <laughs> 30, 30 episodes, same 15 straight weeks, baby. Yeah, man, 15 straight weeks, man. It's our first year. Got a thriving podcast. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we doing all right, I believe, man, for sure. For sure. Hold down. Pat yourself on the back, same. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to pat myself on the back, for sure. And um, someone else who I would love to pat on his back, love to see him patting other people on the back, is Stephen Adams. Oh, man. Hopefully we'll see him in a starting lineup soon, high-fiving and patting some guys on the back. Um, I will say this. I've been the, I've been the kid, uh, the boy crying wolf or the whatever you want to call it for the entire season, screaming from the rooftops. I don't like how much we need Steven Adams. <laughs> like, I've been doing it the entire season. But I will say this. Please, someone please bring that man back. Because I think that our best <laughs> – oh, man, I hate to say this. The best version of this team includes Steven Adams in, in the starting lineup. And I'm going to say this. I'm not going to change my mind on this. We need Steven Adams back. And if something changes in the playoffs, let the chips just fall where they may at that point. Um, but right now, today – Steven Adams is vital to this team. We need him back. <laughs> um, and I just think he helps everybody, man. He just makes everyone's game easier. Every single dude out there, he makes it easier. Whether it's a John Morant screen, he's setting to get him open. Whether it's – he kind of has a way to get out of the way. Like he's a he's a big who has no game outside of the, under the basket. But he doesn't – he just doesn't get in the way of guys who need to get, you know, buckets or whatever. 
set screens, get offensive rebounds, kicks it out to the shooters. So that helps the Desmond Baines of the world, the Jaron Jackson Juniors of the world. He knows how to get out of the way when those same guys get to the basket. When Dylan goes into Kobe Bryant mode, he just gets out of the way. And he gets those he gets those rebounds off of all those Dylan Brooks bricks. So he's helping the entire starting lineup uh, for sure being out there, and he's definitely missed. Um, I'm We're supposed to hear some type of medical update about him this week. This week is almost over technically. Hopefully we hear something in the morning, uh, Friday morning. Um, what do you call? Do you think he's back after the All-Star break? I mean, it sounds like they think he's pretty close. It doesn't sound like like necessarily nobody, Taylor Jenkins included, has said uh, they they think it's going to be as soon as the Philly game right after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. But I think he said he said a week or two. Um, the 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 feeling around the team seems to be that he'll be back pretty pretty soon after the All Star break. So I'm not concerned that it's something that's going to linger. It's a question I've been asking all week long too. So it sounds like. Uh, maybe we're only talking about a couple of games or so before he's back after the All-Star break. That's big. Saying, I'd ask you a question. Is the reason they were so much more effective better without Steven last year? Remember, they were closing out. We talked about they were closing out playoff series against Minnesota without him on the floor. How much of that was Kyle Anderson? How much of that was was his – you got a veteran that could do a little bit of everything, rebounds. I don't know. I'm saying when Steven Adams was off the Mm -hmm. floor, having a guy like Kyle in there – helped offset some things, obviously different with the screen game, everything else. I'm looking more from a rebounding standpoint. Just when it, it's such a, it's such a void this year. And you've got, you know, I know Santi's, you know, filled in at times as a big, you know, but you, you're depending, it feels like on younger guys. Whereas, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you they didn't make the right move moving on from Kyle, but it feels like some of the void when, when, when uh, yeah. uh, Steve was out last year was filled by that, that experience, right. that Definitely. guy, could defend multiple positions. I think that's where, you know, it's a little bit more glaring not to have, you know, more of a veteran presence, somebody in there that's, you know. Yeah. I just think they miss him, particularly when Steven is out. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Kyle definitely brought a lot last year and as far as, like, uh, kind of leveling things out, like you said, defending, rebounding, playmaking sometimes. But yep. you got to think about this too, man. There were times where – in that Minnesota playoff series, because everybody, everyone was like, well, Memphis won the series, but it seemed like Minnesota was beating them the entire series. You know what I mean? Yes. We were looking kind of how we looked without Steven Adams a lot. Josh seems like he just wouldn't really jawing like he normally does. Uh, he wasn't doing Josh stuff for sure. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe we should have played Steven Adams the entire series. You know what I mean? I know we benched him. But um, you know, because we we st- we didn't look good against Minnesota. We won the series, but it's not like we look good against them. Do you think if you draw a Golden State as the two seven, Golden State comes in? They probably what's going to happen too. Uh huh. Very good chance of that. I mean, I think Basketball Reference gives Memphis a seventy five percent chance to hold down the two seed. Mm-hmm. So there's a very very good chance that that could happen. Do you think that Stephen Adams is playing and on the floor in that series? Are you imposing your will against Golden State, or are they running him off the floor? I think that they you have to try it in the first uh, first game at least, mm-hmm. and I hope that Taylor Jenkins sticks to his guns. I don't. I hope they can impose their I will. I don't care what they do, man. Like you need him out there. Like that dude mm-hmm. makes so much of what we do work. You know what I mean? So, right. and that that feels so inevitable, bro. That you're gonna get Golden State. Very much so. It, it feels mm-hmm. like they're gonna be a playing team. They're gonna win the playing. 
and we get them first round. That's a two seed. And I wouldn't want it another way, man. I, I would love to get them in their season, make them really reconsider some stuff during the offseason. The, 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 the summer before we get their draft pick the next summer, make them really reconsider some stuff for sure. I would love to. I would love to do that. I would love to be the team that that, that, that ended the Golden State Warriors era. For what, sure. would your, what would your disappointment level be if you ended up coming up short in that series? First round after last year going to the uh, It would kind of soften the blow because you are playing defending champs. You know you're losing to a team that's better than the seventh seed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even want to think like that. I've, I've, I've played all this through. Because you know Don Willow would still sting. They've had your oh, number. Like yeah, you're, you yeah. feel like it's time to pass them so it, it would still it would definitely sting we might you, be able you to lost to him. you lost to him on christmas day you just lost yeah. to him yeah they, they imagine six of eight they've won even though yeah. that thing's been you know relatively uh even over the last three what three mm-hmm. three plus years but right. they've had your number of late no question yeah. about it it was so maybe i tell you what it'd be good for jaron too having those constant run-ins with draymond where you've got mm-hmm. to get over this you don't have any choice right you know what i'm saying because right. he's just he's been in Jaron's head ever since the ever since uh the, you know the two of them start playing against each other and getting past that is is part of the process. Mm-hmm. So if it's inevitable, man, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of Jaron getting past that. And I'm glad you mentioned that too because it made me think about you know last time we played Philadelphia, Jaron had the big block against Embiid. Yes, Stephen Adams, please come back because that dude. <laughs> I'm sure Embiid remembers that. I'm sure he's gonna try to work Jaron. Please come and be uh, the enforcer this team needs, man, because I do not want to see Embiid full steam ahead against Jaren. Uh, hey, Jaren might have some for him, man. We'll see. Well, uh, real fast, uh, shout out to you. You've been you've been on this all year. Jaren now officially blocks leader. He's played enough games. Yep, uh, last night was the game. Yep, yep, 40 games now. He's he's your official blocks leader per game at 3.3. And I want to say totals, he's only like eight behind. Um some absurd. That is crazy, bro. How you eight get how you eight blocks behind dudes who played 12, 13, 15 more games than you? Bro, that is crazy. He's gonna there's pass only, those dudes. There's only there's only five guys in the league that are above two blocks a game, and he is the only one that's above three. Yeah. Like the you know, you saw Claxton's at 2.6. Like it's absurd how much further ahead he is than uh, of the rest of the league when it comes to block shots. It's so at the rate he's going, if he's eight behind, he's blocking a whole Extra shot per game, so seven, eight games he's going to catch. Wait till this man gets defensive player of the year and the respect that comes from yeah. the rep that, that yeah. comes with that. Yeah, keep him on the court. They'll let him foul. Yeah. Him. yeah. Some of these t- these ticky tacks will be gone. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. man. Tight in times, for sure. Uh, shout out to all of our all-star participants, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, of course, playing in the big game, the NBA all-star game. Shout out to Junior. Kenneth Lofton uh, Jr., who will be playing in the Rising Stars Tournament Showcase of Champions or whatever they're doing, uh, shout out to him. And I'll just leave my thoughts to myself that the only player we have for the last two years who's played in the Rising Stars is a guy on a two-way deal. And uh, none of our draft picks, including Santi Aldama, who really should be there. Um, yeah. Makes it make you wish they had the uh USA versus the world thing because Santi yeah. would have been there. Santi would have been in that thing. I hated that stuff too bad because people people call me what do they call me on Twitter? They say I'm a some kind of phobe. What they call it? Anti Euro, uh, something. yeah, something about European. Yeah, I am that. <laughs> <But anyway, laughs> 
But anyway, man. Uh, uh, if they did those old rules, Santi would have been in there. Because it was so goofy, bro. Like, you're watching the Rising Stars game. And, like, some dude who can't, he's not even good is in the game just because he's no. from Yugoslavia. So I'm like, bro, what in the world? From the, from the Congo when he's seven. Yeah, six. Like, like, bro, why are we just, like, making it? Yeah, sorry. Some sorry, dude. You remember that dude that played for uh New Orleans? He was a big man. He played for the he played for them like one and a half seasons, I believe. Mm-hmm. He made he made the rookie game the same year John Jaron went. And he was just like some stretch big they had. And he left left and went back overseas like in a year a year or two. Like, oh, dude, why was that dude in the all-star game? But some um guy. yeah, man. Shout out to uh Junior Lofton. I think Junior's gonna work some motherfuckers in this game too, bro. Like for real. And I wish they would have called him up at this time that Stephen Adams was gone. Man, why not I give them it, bro? It makes no sense. on the glass, and that's I mean that he is a he's a bull underneath the basket. This so why not let this that man get the ball? hundred percent. I don't. But yeah, I don't. We'll be, we'll be cheering those guys on. I do. I'm gonna say this real fast too, as we as we end the podcast. I miss the good old days when your three point contest had kind of a role player aspect to it. When it was like, I don't want to see like Julius Randle in the three-point contest just because he's already down there for the All-Star game. Like, come on, man. Like, NBA, y'all like running out of money or something? Y'all couldn't fly Luke Kennard, Desmond Bain, um, Isaiah Joe. Y'all couldn't fly these dudes in? I have to believe that Bain was invited. You know, he said he he told him he wanted to spend time with family. Let, yeah, sound he like probably trying to nurse that toe. He's like, I ain't trying to take no true. shots that don't count for real. Turned it. I think they're going down to Florida or somebody. He turned. He. I, I have Dang. to believe Bane was invited. Now I thought same for. I mean, they got Dame back for the third time trying to win it. They got Tatum in it. You know, it feels I like want to see Jason Tatum in the three point contest. I'm sorry, I, bro. I mean, I can understand that, but but you you have Lillard, you have Tatum, you have Buddy Hield who won it last year. I get it that you're saying some of them are role guys, but the you get bigger names in that now. Then you then do it. Well, we also saw Larry Bird in the three point. So I get that. But it's like, it's just, I don't, I, I remember when it seemed like the glory years for the three point contest for me when you had your specialist three point shooters in this. Dana Barros, Dale Curry, yeah, them, you know, those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to like, I like that run. Like, I don't want to see Jason Tatum in the three point. I mean, I don't want to see that, bro. But, um, you want, to see Jer- you want to see Jericho Sims in the dunk contest? I'm gonna say this as I we go. Dead. I said like I said like I said like a southern preacher as as I, I'm about to leave as as I wrap this up. Make sure y'all come back to the evening service. Um, anyway, um, what I was about to say, I'll say this as we go, man. The slam dunk contest has and for all and forever will be for children, and kids like it. They're new kids who've never seen any of these dunks before. And they'll be amazed to see Jericho Sims go do something. I guarantee you Gabe can tell you. Gabe's going to love the slam dunk contest. Chris, CJ will too. They'd love it more if it was Zion versus uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like it was when back in our day when it was the best of the best doing it. Yeah, LeBron. when Jordan versus Dominique and all that. You know what, LeBron really this, – this is another thing we can blame on LeBron too, man. Because LeBron, because LeBron, Kobe did the slam dunk contest, you know what I mean? Yes. LeBron turned it down. He, and made it cool. he changed it, made it cool for the cool guy, for the best not to go. Yes. Yeah. Paul yeah. George did it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, that's another podcast, episode thirty. 
We're doing pretty good. We're about to take an all-star break. We're going we gonna to record next week or not? Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll do so. We'll, we'll chop it up. Before the end of the week, probably, as we get back into it. Yeah. But uh, for Jason Smith, this is Anthony saying, Drew Barron in the back. We appreciate y'all and keep grinding.